Welcome to the STEM Squadcast. I'm Jenna Callahan. And I'm Katie DeAngelis. And this is our very first ever episode. And in our studio today, such as it is, we mm-hmm. have Cindy Carlson who will be joining us later. So this is the very first time we've ever done this. And Katie and I had actually only just met about... A couple months ago. Yeah. Yep. Six months ago. Mm-hmm. Seven months ago. Mm-hmm. What month is it? Yeah. It's probably really not germane to the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um we met at a future tech women uh, meetup in Manchester um, that the company that I work for, GYK Antler, uh, was hosting. Yep, and I came over uh, from my um, robotics team meeting with my co-coach. She convinced me to come, and I was super nervous because I do not actually have a huge STEM background. Um, I was a journalist a long time ago, but we started talking about um, our mutual fondness for (laughs) the My Favorite Murder podcast. Yeah, which is a great podcast. We're both big murderinos. Like, huge. And that sounds crazy, but if you've (laughs) never heard of it, it is a comedy podcast about murder. And we we started talking about um, the lack of representation in STEM fields and Mm -hmm. things that we could do about helping Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we decided we were going... Well, Katie seemed interested and then I just wouldn't stop harassing her no no Jen mentioned that she wanted to create a podcast all about kind of uh the the different areas of of STEM and uh different STEM superheroes um and I was like oh my gosh that sounds amazing I actually kind of invited myself (laughs) into this um so thank you for letting me be a part of it because I think it's um amazing to to have to talk about uh especially representation in stem which is you know something that's really important to me being part of the future tech women meetup so yes so katie actually does have a stem background so she should talk a little bit about that i yeah so (laughs) i don't even know if i would call it a background so much as like i'm i'm in it right now but i i didn't have a stem background um it's a long sorted story i Um, went to college actually for, uh, anthropology and pre-law. Uh, so nothing (laughs) STEM at all, really. Um, and when I graduated, I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? Um, and ended up finding myself at a, uh, company that provided health information technology solutions, um, to hospitals across the United States and Canada. Um, and so I, I did a bunch of traveling for a couple years, uh, installing those systems and bringing them live, uh, and then settled down at a small community hospital just to, uh, implement information systems for, uh, the lab there, uh, and realized it kind of really wasn't what I wanted to do, uh, forever. And I realized that there was a really big gap um, between the software that we were using in the lab and the actual need for the users that were using the system day in and day out. And so I was like, hmm, how can I bridge that gap? Um, and I was like, it would be really helpful if I actually knew what this system was doing under the covers, um, which is when I started looking for programs uh, for development. And so I stumbled <clears throat> onto a uh, coding boot camp put on through uh, UNH 
And in 24 weeks, I became a full stack developer. So yeah, I do web development, uh, full stack, meaning that I do uh, backend server side, uh, as well as front end client side development. Um, So yeah, it's been like a a crazy (laughs) couple of years, there have been a lot of changes. And I realized that it was something I really love to do. It's really challenging. And it's really interesting. And the technology is always changing. So that's kind of how I ended up getting into it. And thankfully, the company that I work for now um, is great and hosts the future tech women. Um, and my boss's boss, Leslie, is actually the the one that's leading the charge and getting us to meet up more. Um, so we offer the space at GYK Antler so that we can kind of all get together uh, and talk about just all the things that kind of face women in in technology, but also all of the other fields that are in STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. So that's so cool. I knew a little bit about your story, but I didn't know like the full extent of it. That's yeah. I mean, there's a lot more that was like a pretty high, (laughs) high level. That was about 10 years condensed into about maybe like five to 10 minutes, but yeah, it's been a crazy ride and now I'm here. So yeah. So part of Part of my role, which um, I'm yeah. not super clear on um, how much I'm supposed to talk about where I work. <laughs> that sounds super um, mysterious, like I'm a CIA agent you or are something. CIA, yeah, exactly. Um, but I work for a STEM leadership nonprofit yeah. that has um, programs all around mm-hmm. the world, and I work on the program development side. Mm-hmm. And even though I don't personally have a STEM background, I had this super useful Russian degree that I graduated with and then went into yeah. the wonderfully forward um, field of journalism for many years before I moved <laughs> to nonprofits. Wow. Um, and I never use my Russian that. unless I want to sing a song about a giraffe who falls in love with an antelope and then they go and live with a bison and nobody understands. Um, <laughs> so do you actually speak Russian? I do. <laughs> I feel like I should have answered in Russian. E- Konyashna. Oh my goodness. I had no idea. <laughs> wow, this is yeah. amazing. Well, yeah. Um, I probably would be if I had more opportunities to use it or actually followed it. But um, I think that um, for me, it, it's a bigger goal of this mm-hmm. podcast would be to to tell the, some of the stories yeah. behind the STEM fields and STEM careers and the yeah. lesser known. Because I feel like part of why there's at least this perceived mm-hmm. lack of interest mm-hmm. in STEM is because um, we're, we're not necessarily hearing about all the opportunities. And I, I think yeah. especially kids, because I, I work with not directly with kids, but I work with programs for kids. Mm -hmm. I I get this impression that they have um, this idea that uh, working in a STEM field means maybe four things. And there's a gajillion pathways. You can go and everything touches STEM. I think you're so spot on with that. I feel like growing up, um, when I thought of science, like I I only thought of maybe like a a handful of things. Um, I feel like when you're growing up, you're asked what you want to be and it's like doctor, lawyer. Right. You know, there's like very (laughs) specific things. And when you get older and you get out into the working world, you realize how many different jobs there are out there for things that you never would have known were things that you could do. I mean, what I ended up doing, you know, going around the United States and Canada, implementing software at hospitals. I mean, 16-year-old, 18-year-old me never would have known that that was a 
a thing that people did. So I think that that's one of the great things about this podcast is that we kind of bring to light some of these professions that you never would have known were out there unless you knew somebody who did them. So, right. Yeah. And I feel like that's a perfect segue for Cindy. Is it all right if we stray from, we've got this whiteboard with this Mm -hmm. proposed run of show. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think maybe because it's our first time and this Nobody yeah. really knows any better. I think we can do whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the listeners can't see your whiteboard. They can't see the whiteboard. No, so we are right on track. We're right. We're exactly where we need to be. Um, and we can come back because uh, um, before we get into um, Cindy and, mm-hmm. and and her amazing job, mm-hmm. um, some of what we want to cover on this podcast is also to be able to talk a little bit about how um, STEM is being portrayed in mm-hmm. um the media and also um get a sense of some of the top stories which i have in my very poor handwriting scrawled some ideas (laughs) some of the big uh some of the big news some uh, of the topics don't think we can cover um in an hour but i'm very optimistic sometimes i love it i think the optimism is great i actually have something in the news that i found today that i thought was super super cool go for it okay um so like we had mentioned previously you and i met at the future tech women uh meetup and uh one of the things that i like about future tech women is that uh they really focus on kind of leadership and mentorship for uh young women who are kind of uh at a very critical point in their lives where you know studies have shown that they tend to stray from science and and math areas um and i was actually just reading a news article about um a young girl who lives up in calgary canada um and her name is nora keegan and she actually just published a study about hand dryers in bathrooms and how the can actually be detrimental to spreaders well not even that they're germ spreaders but they're actually detrimental to children's hearing oh because they're so So, they're so loud so i don't know if you've ever been you know in a in a bathroom where there are kids (laughs) (laughs) i don't think any of you ever in a bathroom so let me explain how how that works (laughs) no it's i'm such a goofball Um, yeah, with those crazy loud dryers and kids are terrified of them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're so loud. My daughter cannot be in a bathroom and one of those things are going off. I I mean, she, it's so loud. Even as an adult, it's loud. But with kids, because of the, the kind of height that they're at, their, uh, ears are actually really close. Oh my gosh. To the hand dryers. Um, and she basically, over the course of two years, went around to different bathrooms in Canada and measured how loud the machines were using like a professional audio decibel reader. What? Yeah, and found <clears throat> that um, there were like three main offenders that actually had decibel ratings over 100. And I guess Health Canada, which is apparently like the Canadian version of the FDA, um, basically uh, bans children toy- children's toys to be sold in Canada if they're over, if they basically measure out over 100 decibels. So yes, no more so hand dryers in Canada? Uh, apparently not. No, it's actually really cool. So she um, is teaming up 
with Accelerator, I guess, which is one of the companies that, I don't know if you've seen those in bathrooms. They're, like, mm-hmm. one of the worst. I guess they had decibel readings that were, like, close to 120. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and so she's actually teaming up with acoustic engineers from Accelerator to, like, go over her findings with them. What? So I was like, that is, like, That's super cool. Amazing. Yeah, like, she started realizing that there was a problem when she was nine years old. And now, at 13, she's going to be a consultant. That is crazy. That is totally Isn't that, what I love yeah. about STEM. Like, you see a problem just yes. like you in, right. in your role, and then STEM gives you the tools to right. solve it, which is just amazing. Yeah. I was like, that's super cool. I mean, this is a young girl who, re- like you said, recognized that there was a problem, and she went out and she was like, how can I prove that this is actually an issue? And so she did. She went around and she collected data and now she's going to help hopefully make hand dryers a little less loud which i think we could all benefit from but i still think they're going to be germ spreaders i think so probably as well maybe that will be her follow-up study (laughs) yes one one problem at a time exactly (laughs) well that's an interesting i keep trying to do the segue (laughs) so i I have actually um a sort of segue for that because you had asked me to think or i i had seen your schedule and so i knew i was supposed to Mm -hmm. think about who a stem Mm -hmm. superhero of mine might be yes and one of my stem superheroes is karen cooper who does a lot of work with citizen science she's awesome and so um thinking about this one girl who went around to different places Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. measured the the readings on her mm-hmm, own mm-hmm. or she could have asked her friends from all different parts of Canada to send mm-hmm. their own data and got a larger study and that's what I think is really cool about science is that y- you can like you were saying use science to solve a problem that you have but you can also get involved in yes. mm-hmm. real scientific mm-hmm. studies just in your backyard um, and right. provide the data for somebody who's actually trying to solve a, a mystery. Right, seriously. And I feel like sample cool. size is huge in yeah. studies too, you Definitely. know. So I think her sample size was maybe a little over 40, which is kind of on the small side. So, yeah, I mean, to be able to collect data from all over, that yeah. would have been really neat. So what was the the citizen? Citizen science. So I'm not citizen familiar with that one. Citizen science. Tell us about it. Sandy. Yeah. Well, um, so <laughs> there's, there's a lot of different projects um, that are trying to solve Um, mysteries all over the world. So a famous one is called the Great Sunflower Project. Mm -hmm. And so they're looking for information about what bees are in your backyard. So they try Mm -hmm. to control variables. So that's why Mm -hmm. they started out just um, plant a specific kind of sunflower Mm -hmm. and then sit outside with your cup of coffee for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and tell us what kind of bees show up at your sunflower. Um, And they Mm -hmm. tried to get people to do this all over the country Mm -hmm. because, um, as you may know, there's a problem with... um, colony colony collapse right right right. so they wanted to know where bees were doing well where bees Mm -hmm. were doing poorly who was coming in when the bees started doing poorly um the project has expanded so now you don't have to just do it for sunflowers (laughs) Um, (laughs) i was gonna say that's very specific if you want no i mean it's hard although like to control variables if you're doing right so that's a big consideration for citizen science but Mm -hmm. there's all different kinds of ones like um Ladybugs. So there's some invasive species that have come in and displaced native ladybugs. Really? So they have a um, citizen science project where they want you to take pictures of ladybugs and then submit it to their website so that they can tell where the native species are and where non-native species are. 
Um, so there are larger citizen science projects um, like those and iNaturalist. So some of them are, are uh-huh. apps. I don't know if you've heard of the iNaturalist no. app, which is really cool. Uh, um, I know I was just like really itching fun. for my phone so, like um, I need to write this down before I forget it <laughs> so for on iNaturalist like you download the app mm-hmm. and then so for instance I love dragonflies but I don't know very much about them so I would take a picture of a dragonfly and then I would post it and the app already says oh she saw it here at this particular <gasps> time oh, and then I can say oh it's a it's a dragonfly and then somebody mm-hmm. else will look at it and say oh it's particular this species oh, wow. and then somebody Gosh. might be looking at that data for mm-hmm. dragonfly so it also could be they, they flag it whether it's um, scientific quality mm-hmm. or if it's just like observational quality wow. um, or maybe like so I work with a woman who's an expert in invasive plant species mm-hmm. so I went out with her and she was using iNatural to record where she was seeing the invasive mm-hmm. species and then if she sees other people have um, uploaded the pictures then she can mm-hmm. use their data as well so um, wow. you can use these larger sets but then they also have I love citizen science oh no it's amazing no it's super cool they have like regional studies so um, I have been working on this mini project about flying squirrels in New England. Yeah, flying squirrels are so cool. So we were looking to see like what other people are doing on flying squirrels. And Mm -hmm. there's a small citizen science project in California asking for people to submit data if they see flying squirrels. So we're Mm -hmm. thinking of trying to expand that. We hope that we'll expand that um, study and sort of replicate it in New Mm -hmm. England. Because flying squirrels are really cool, but they're nocturnal. So people don't oh, know yeah. that they're out there. They may be the most common squirrel in right. your neighborhood, and you would no- have no idea. You no see idea. the gray squirrels all the time, yeah, but you yes. never see the flying yeah. squirrels because they're nocturnal. So. We have those little kamikaze ones. Yeah, that... the little ones with the little <laughs> flaps of skin. They're so cute. They're super cute. <laughs> so, That's so, awesome. Um, we were thinking of giving um, nest boxes to um, middle schools, for instance, so they could go yeah. out. and. But other people are doing, like, roadkill studies. So where do you see the flying I know it's so sad. You, where do you see flying squirrels? Yeah. Well, you might see them killed on the side of the road. Oh. So, But people collect that data and put it into iNaturalist, for example, or, right. you know, whatever other mm-hmm. um, app that you want. And then mm-hmm. even though they're nocturnal, you don't see them, but you still know they're there because poor guys are dying. Oh, Anyways, wow. sorry have, about the downer. No, no, no. There's I no love her. Really That's cool really interesting. Speaking of downer information mm-hmm. about yes. squirrels, I, I, had, I had heard, and um, we can look up the link and, mm-hmm. and add it mm-hmm. too, but there was a an acorn boom, I think like last yeah. or two years ago. Mm-hmm. And then last year, so the, the squirrels were living, I don't know about living flying large. ones or just the mm-hmm. run of the mill um, mm-hmm. jerks that run around in our name yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I stop for no matter what, because yeah. I will right. not run one over. Um, but the, that uh, then there wasn't the boon last year. Mm-hmm. And so that's why people were noticing such a huge so amount of, because they were all out there were, scavenging. Yes. It's super cool because I feel like that's a great example of getting people involved yes. in science in, you know, a, an observational way and in things that you interact with 
every day yeah. or that you see every day. And I, I like that you couch it as solving a mystery. Yes, it is. It really is. Yeah. yeah. You're helping it's to fun. solve the mystery. Yeah. Anybody, anybody can help. And so like mm-hmm. maybe your science class is boring because a lot of people, <laughs> like, they talk about how, like, how do you get people more interested in right. science? And yeah. one thing that seems to be a really important factor is how much you like your specific teacher. Yes. Like, if that can be huge. have a fabulous biology mm-hmm. teacher, mm-hmm. then you're going to be more likely to be interested in biology. Right. Um, right. That makes so much sense. Yep. But maybe you can find that you're actually really interested in the Great Mm -hmm. Sunflower Project and in getting Mm -hmm. involved in that. And even though you hate your teacher, you really learn to love the pieces, like the the things about science that you love. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like you're tying your interests. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Karen Cooper was my STEM superhero, and she's written a lot about um, citizen science, and she's a really nice person. So you actually awesome. met your STEM superhero. Yeah. <gasps> How did yeah. that happen? Yeah. Oh, so um, a couple of years, a while ago, I was asked to be in the Environmental Leadership Program, ELP. Um, no, no, mm-hmm. wait. Oh, so that means um, <laughs> 2008. I'm the class of 2008. And Karen Cooper is in the same program. So she's from a couple of years. NERN is um, the New England Regional Network. So oh. my class of the Environmental mm-hmm. Leadership Program mm-hmm. was the New England Regional Network 2008. And Karen Cooper mm-hmm. is in the Environmental Leadership Program as well. So I met her through that. We went to a, um, a similar to how you guys met, like a women's mm-hmm. ret- retreat for um, for environmental leadership. Oh, that's neat. Wow. Yeah. So Cindy's one of my STEM superheroes, oh. which is partly that's awesome. why I wanted to drag her down into our piece. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, and so I know you're a water resources engineer. Um, and I know you've done some really, really, really cool things and gone to some amazing places. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what got you into your job? Okay. Um, so it you had talked a little bit about, or Katie had talked a little bit about like, oh, people don't realize the exciting things that you can do with STEM. I think I was mm-hmm. the opposite. Like I was completely clueless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I was supposed to really care about what I was doing with this stuff. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm good at calculus, so I'll just take the calculus class. Oh, yeah. And, I, and then all of a sudden I realized that in my physics class, like there were only two girls in the whole class. Like, that's weird. How mm-hmm. did that happen? I didn't even notice. Um, so... Um, well, what do you do if you're good at math and science and it's what you like to do? Well, you just you go to engineering school. So that's mm-hmm. what I decided to do, not really even thinking about what I was going to do with it. Like mm-hmm. um, in middle school, I really wanted to be a veterinarian um, because I love animals. Mm-hmm. So I was super excited when Casey came down. But, um, <laughs> but I don't I'm I, and I'm not super a fan of people like <laughs> you guys are all nice. Yes, I but, would never um, guess that in a million years. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, introverts so, unite. Yeah, separately. In so veterinarians, homes. you have to deal with people a lot. And like, what if the people come and say, "Hey, I don't want my dog anymore. Can you put her down?" And like, I <gasps> yeah. was like, I don't want to deal with That's that. Tough. So, right. so how can I help animals? And not deal with people. I know. <laughs> I know. I will become an environmental engineer. And I will work on ways to reduce the impact that humans make on the environment. So um, wow. all of those pieces of engineering that um, you mentioned, water resources engineer, mm-hmm. um, environmental engineer, those are both types of engineers that are under civil engineers. Um, 
So a civil engineer does anything with, um, mm -hmm. you can think of it as like civilization. So um, they build buildings, they design roads, they um, design wastewater treatment plants, mm -hmm. um, they look at stormwater. So mm -hmm. if we're if the engineers are doing if the civil engineers are doing their job properly, mm -hmm. then your life goes smoothly, and there are things that you don't even <laughs> think about, like you get in your car and you drive down the road, right. and everything's fine. Um, Which are things I feel like we take for granted. Oh, yeah. 100%. Now that you've mentioned that, I'm like, wow, you're right. It is for the most part, incredibly seamless. Right. Yeah, and when it you. isn't, then all of a sudden I get, I turn into like right. angry rage-filled Jim. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is this? That's right. <laughs> not what I expected. Um, so I, another thing that I, even though I'm not really super big on people, I do mm -hmm. like to people watch. Like, so I like to oh, sit in like yeah. a, a train station or something and yes. watch the people yes. walk by and make up stories about them. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I was, I, I thought I wanted to maybe design bus stations or something like that and make it more efficient, make things so that people would um, be able to get where they were going more mm -hmm. quickly and so forth. Um, and I realized that the way people flow through a bus station is pretty similar to the way water flows through a stream or a pipe. And so the first time I took my fluids, I took a fluids class, I just loved it. Oh, you mean oh. you can have an equation that will describe how water is flowing in a stream? And I was uh, hooked. That's amazing. I did not know that there was a calculation that I would do that. There's no a idea. Yeah. I, and that it, ha it has yeah. a new commonality with yeah. the favorite. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And um, and now in my job now, which I'll get to mm -hmm. in a little bit, I'm mm -hmm. working with some electrical engineers and electricity is the same way. Like it flows oh. through yeah. wires uh -huh. and the and the formulas are very similar to wow. how water moves and how people move and um, in so I got my undergraduate in civil engineering, and then I decided I still didn't really know what I mm -hmm. wanted to do with it. So I decided to get a master's. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided to get my master's in, I, I was like, well, what do I want to learn still? But it's attached to what I mm -hmm. like to do. So um, I started doing computer modeling of wow. ocean currents. Oh. So I like how That's water amazing. moves, yeah. but I wanted to learn more about coding. Yeah. Um, and computer programming. So right. I did that. And then I discovered that those equations are very similar to mm -hmm. the equations for um, space plasma. <gasps> so I had friends oh that were gosh. getting their degrees in space physics. Uh -huh. um, and so I had gravity in my equations because water is in influenced by gravity, mm -hmm. whereas they had uh, electric uh, um, terms and mm -hmm. magnetism mm -hmm. terms in theirs because they were looking at space plasma. So, wow. um, anyways, it was really fun. And then awesome. I finished my master's and I was like, okay, I'm not sure I want to get a PhD right away. Cause that seems like really specific. Like if mm -hmm. I don't know what I want to do, do mm -hmm. I really want to become a specialist in something that I don't want to, maybe mm -hmm. I should go work for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I um, to tell you the truth, I asked for a sign. I was like, what should I do? <laughs> I need a sign. I love it. Um, and I saw this family of turkeys. And I don't know why, but I took it as a sign uh -huh. that I should um, go into get a job in environmental engineering. So oh, I wow. did. And I, um, I worked for 10 years. And as Jen was mentioning, mm -hmm. um, it's a really cool job. First of all, being a civil engineer, because um, like I was saying, you're dealing with anything civilization, but you're really just on the the very basic level, making people's lives better. That's great. Because um, that was actually going to be one of my questions is how did you make the decision to go civil engineering turkeys. as opposed oh. to kind of like <laughs> a like electrical engineer or mechanical engineer or... Yeah. Um, 
so when most engineering schools that Mm -hmm. when you're starting out you don't really have to know right away um, because the courses are pretty similar so um, most engineering schools you can do maybe your freshman year and just Mm -hmm. say I'm an engineer close enough Mm -hmm. um, and they don't make you (laughs) specify and actually even if you're not certain that you want to be an engineer doing your first year as an engineering student you Mm -hmm. um, get all all your math requirements for basically any other major done so um, yeah (laughs) but if you then if you're an English major Mm -hmm. and you decide in your sophomore year that you want to become an engineering major you have to catch up Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of catch up. Right. That's a a really good insight to have. I just feel like society puts this pressure on you to figure out what you want to be when you grow up at such a young age. Yes. That that you don't necessarily feel you have that leeway to explore. I sound like such an old fart. Martyr. No. Yeah. Well, I think you're right on. I mean, going into college, it's like you feel this pressure to decide what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life and at 18 I had no idea well I thought I maybe knew what I wanted to do but at the same time I didn't know 99% of the professions out there that I could have so I panicked and that's how you get anthropology and (laughs) pre-law Russian poli-sci I think I think that sounds very fascinating didn't count on the cold war (laughs) ending But now it seems like it would be back in vogue. Uh, well, <laughs> I was going to say, maybe things. we've come full probably circle. Really yes. Stranger Things in Chernobyl. Oh, which Stranger was Things. Yeah. Separately. Lots of Russians. Se- separately. Yeah. That was. <laughs> if, I, if I encounter a Russian scientist and I want to translation, then I will bring him here to well, your basement. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if they had you in Stranger Things... I feel like they would have, they really, it just would have been a much faster resolution. Uh, I definitely it would have been feel a longer drive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Stranger Things could be the tagline for my life. <laughs> anyway, but that, that's really good information because yeah. I, I definitely have um, had the impression um, that that things haven't really changed as far as um, trying to figure out what mm-hmm. you want to be and that that type yeah. of pressure that you have, yeah. yeah, as a student and right, which sort of brings me to yeah. Um, so my we, current job, yeah. Oh, so yeah. um, now I actually I did and en- eventually end up going back to get my doctorate. So I um when I was I worked for ten years as a water mm-hmm. resources engineer and they sent me all over the world to solve. Um, water problems for communities and often they would send me to places that have water issues so Mm. I spent a lot of time in the Middle East and I went to Singapore and Los Angeles and um, the Gulf Coast for example but also a lot of problems in New England like solving problems right here um, for for our neighbors basically and then I decided I I really really like certain aspects of my job like um, finding a problem and solving it. But I don't mm-hmm. really like other aspects of my job, like um, having to solve a specific thing that the client wants me to solve that I don't really think is that should be the priority. Oh, sure. yeah. So I decided to go back to school um, and I got my doctorate. My doctorate's actually in um, natural resources and earth system science. Mm-hmm. So it's not technically wow. in engineering, mm-hmm. but I, my advisor was an engineer. So it was in walkability. Uh, basically I'm interested in how civil engineering impacts people's lives. 
Um, and now I teach engineering. Um, oh, so cool. Where do you teach? I teach at Merrimack College. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, it's really fun. Mm -hmm. um, I teach the Introduction to Engineering course mm -hmm. for the civils and the mechanicals, mm -hmm. um, so civil engineers and mechanical engineers, mm -hmm. and then I teach the upper-level environmental engineering courses for the civil engineers. And now, you, it's really oh, fun. now you, is it fair to say you get to pick which water problems you want to solve? Yes. And Ooh. if I want to work on a project about flying squirrels, then that's okay. You can. I can do what I want. I love you how you've got like the I little head sweat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's great. <laughs> so what was one of the hardest water problems you've had to solve? Um, well, the Middle East. So... Um, one thing about being an engineer is a lot of people think that you just, like I was saying, I got into it because I wasn't really a big fan of people. Um, you, <laughs> they think that you're just going to sit there with your computer and mm -hmm. do your calculations. But um, engineers have to be really good communicators and yeah. everything is touched by, by engineering. Mm -hmm. So the Middle East has a lot of water issues, but they also have a lot of politics um, yeah. So Heard that, that. Yeah, yeah, that was really challenging to try to see, right. okay, these, these people who live in this particular village really need the water. Can we solve the political issues mm -hmm. that are necessary before we can get it funded and right. delivered? And yeah, so oh. it was, it was challenging, but it was really great. And that was one of the reasons why when I came back, I was like, so now you mean I'm going to be sitting at my desk just being boring <laughs> yeah. again? No, 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 no. I'm going to go be a professor. And you still have big adventures that oh, you yeah. embark on, which I think is Yeah, really so now cool. I can take students with me and go places wow. where I want to go. So I took students to Nepal. I've taken students to Haiti. I've taken students to India. And I, um, I can be a little bit more flexible about yeah. what I want to do I mean I it's not like I can do whatever I want I, <laughs> so they always say like for professors there's three different things I need to make sure I do and mm -hmm. one is teaching I have to teach of course. Yeah, I would yeah, yeah, mention right. exactly one is research so I have a little bit more oh. flexibility there like I I have I have to do research mm -hmm. but I can do it on what I want to do oh that's neat. Uh, what I'm interested in yep. and then the third one is service so I have to be on mm -hmm. committees and mm -hmm. do all that stuff what's your current research that you're working on right now so um I have a couple different projects um that I'm working on one so as I mentioned my um my overall interest is how engineering impacts public health and sure. people's lives. Right. So I'm looking at um, stormwater quality and mm -hmm. land use. So um, do you know GIS, Geographic Information yep. Systems? Mm -hmm. So basically computerized mapping. Mm -hmm. So I use GIS to analyze land use um, and to look at how it's impacting stormwater quality. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping to take, uh, and so that's one project. And then we're hoping to take those same concepts and look at how um, land use impacts habitat quality so fragmentation of the habitat so mm -hmm. you have little this is just my um my current excitement but tomorrow yeah. I may have a different project that I'm also <laughs> excited about um so if we map out all those little strips of land that are along the highway like how mm -hmm. valuable habitat is that for like monarchs for example mm -hmm. or monarch butterflies or mm -hmm. for squirrels or etc cetera, etc cetera. so how to can... the squirrels yeah yes <laughs> well it's because so that's the other thing is that if there's people who you want to work with you can work with them oh 
right? Yeah. So the person who um, likes the flying squirrels, I enjoy working with her. So why not try to find a project that we can both totally. do? So like yeah. what is water, what do flying squirrels need for water quality or for land use? And then we right. can kind of combine our interests. We actually just saw, and I had no idea that these existed, but it's almost like a black reddish squirrel. Yeah. In yeah. our neighborhood. Colors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was driving out and I was like, it looks like a squirrel, but the color is wrong. And it was the first time I had ever seen a squirrel of that color. Like when the light hits them, they're kind of like an auburn. It was very pretty, that's but really I was neat. totally caught off guard. Yeah. But cool. Was my, it the size of the gray squirrels? Yeah, it okay. looked like yeah. pr- pretty similar. That's cool. I don't think they were any bigger or smaller. But yeah, yeah there's it, some black ones and there's no some yeah. albino ones. But then there's also red squirrels, which are much smaller. Oh, yeah. No, these but are about the size that. of gray squirrels. Yeah, but they were okay. like a, a cool. blackish red. That's really cool. Yeah, which I thought was neat. I did, had no idea. And I'm then, not an expert on squirrels. No, me neither. But I, I feel like I've learned so like much just in the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, me too. <laughs> wow. I guess I hadn't realized how prevalent the flying ones are in New England because yeah. they are out yeah. at night. You should have sent her. You should have interviewed her first. Well, that, <laughs> well I think maybe we need to talk to her because I have some questions about I those black and red squirrels. I have a lot of squirrel Excellent. questions now. I do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so can cool. we say that you sent us, Cindy? Sure. Yay. Yay. <laughs> also, I just want to mention this is the first uh, – podcast that we've recorded and cindy was so nice and made us the cutest presents they're bookmarks for her yes and i just keep looking down at it and it's beautiful yeah it's like this beautifully braided um bookmark and i I love it thank you so much i know that was ridiculously nice and i can't i just cindy's like one of the warmest nicest kindest people i know yes I'm Thank just really so surprised much. you don't like people. This is, <laughs> I know, this is really throwing uh, Jen for a loop. <laughs> but I totally get what you mean about the observing people. That was actually yeah. the cool part about anthropology was like all the ethnographies that we had to do. So we would basically just, our assignments were to sit and observe people. And it's so, cool. so interesting. Yeah. It's very neat. Yeah, that's, so I feel like civil engineering is also, it's some calculus and some computer Mm -hmm. but it's also some psychology like how do you get people to right um not dump things down their stormwater drain and that's a great question yeah you might have to come and tell my daughter that because she's obsessed (sighs) with our storm drain and i'm (laughs) dreading how old is she so she turned two in april yes yeah and uh obsessed with, with the storm drain next to our house and it is like the greats the the holes in it are just the the perfect size for a foot so i'm just waiting for the day that she like stumbles down because she enjoys dropping things down there because you can drop it and then you hear the plink plink yeah so she might be a civil engineer in the making i was saying maybe she's (laughs) just doing research (laughs) maybe let her go maybe yeah yeah Yeah, exactly yeah like it's so hard to know how like curiosity you know, like, yes. Like it's okay to be curious about mm-hmm. about things, but then you also have to make sure you're safe. 
Yes. Right. Yeah. Really, really good line. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so at two, I at think she's age. having trouble finding that line, at which is age. where you have to step in as a parent. Yeah. But. I have this really cool meter that when I drop it down storm drains, when it hits the water, it beeps. And so um, I I feel for her. Like, so I my love goodness. I'm going to have to let her know yes. about this. Lady, oh my gosh. Seriously. Oh, she's going to die when she hears about this. It's really cool. Super jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to hear it. I know. I kind of have to too. Because honestly, when she drops things down there, I'm like, okay, we have to be careful. But it is kind of cool to yeah, see how long it, it takes really for things cool. to hit. So Yeah, because like the, so the groundwater underneath the, um, the ground surface is mm-hmm. at different levels. Mm-hmm. So if you have a well, you can tell how far down below the, the ground surface the water surface is. So that's what we wow. use it. Like we drop it down a well and then when it beeps, I know where the water table is. Katie, you definitely Whoa. have to have your daughter. Hey, I was yes. going to say, she, I'm telling you, she's going to be floored. This is great. I mean, it's, her whole life. I know. it's seriously because <laughs> no she could be, a, she's going to be a future water resources engineer. It sounds like it's amazing. It. I know it's so funny too, because now that I'm in like a STEM profession, I keep trying to like navigate her towards like STEM interesting things. Like, Instead of buying her Barbies, I, like, try to get her to play with, like, Legos and things like that. (laughs) Just because I feel like I was looking um, at, uh, you know, different topics that we could cover. uh, And one of the things that I ran across was the creator of Goldie Blocks. Uh I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure you guys know. Um, And kind of her story about how she struggled um, as a, a woman in the engineering field, specifically with kind of um, uh, spatial engineering. Um, and that kind of led her to evaluate why that was, why she struggled with it when some of her peers seemed to pick it up a lot faster. And she realized that it was because a lot of the toys that boys are kind of pushed to play with are things like Legos mm. and um, Lincoln Logs and erector sets and, and things like, like that. Building yeah, that that work, you know, with spatial reasoning. Um, and girls, we don't necessarily either gravitate or are marketed that type of of toy. Yeah, I um, definitely think there's a marketing lens yeah. on a lot of the um, decisions that little girls make around right. their toys. And hopefully that's starting to change now, and I'm doing yeah. it again. Yeah, but nothing against Barbie. Barbie's awesome. She is no, fantastic. She is. And we, we do own, we do own, we yeah. own both. We own Barbies and we, we own Legos. A balance. A balance. Yes. Yeah, I love Legos. I was yeah. just playing with Legos in. I had a class this morning, and I always yep. have them. They're doing things with gears Great. and Legos. But um, I love Barbies too, and my mom yeah. could be another um, STEM superhero. She wanted to be a calculator, like in Hidden Figures, because <gasps> she loved math. But then that ended right before she uh-huh. got to the mm-hmm. workforce, um, mm-hmm. so she became an accountant. Anyways, so she was a really, really good accountant because she likes people. Uh-huh. So that's a good math. That's a the M <laughs> that is part of that math. is the M. Yeah, I that's feel the like math. The M gets forgotten a lot. Yeah, I feel so like it does essential. too. It is. Yeah, it's very essential. But I feel like it touches stressful. all of all of our, yeah, you know, science, technology, and engineering. Right. It comes but at the end, but it's really involved. With the everything. reason I brought that up is just because she she's a doll person. Oh, she's a, oh, a she doll. Likes... She likes the doll. Oh, like, I'm not a doll. Person. Oh, I thought you said doll. I was gonna <laughs> no, say Cindy. <laughs> She's not dull. She, she might be listening. Barbies and Ginny dolls and those. So you can yes. be a STEM person and yes. still love 
Of like course. Yeah, I, I don't no and I've never liked the way that the, the conversation has come around to you have to choose one or the other. Yeah, yeah. you shouldn't have to. Right. Both. Yeah. My, fa- my favorite word totally. is both. I yes. say it all the time. Well balanced. <laughs> do you say it like that? I do. <laughs> both. Both. <laughs> It's interesting that you brought up the hidden figures because mm-hmm. kind of going back to um, STEM in the news and pop culture, mm-hmm. um, the past week was um, the big anniversary of the moon landing right. um, and all of those hidden figures that were, and Cindy's wearing the <gasps> most fabulous dress in honor of. It um, is honestly the best. Yes. And we're going to have to take a picture. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like an up close. Because the pattern. podcasting is not a visual medium. <laughs> which is fully Dress up to but it's microphone. wonderful. We can. Do, it's a black dress, and it has um, different spacecrafts on it, different shuttles, and there are stars. It's honestly really neat. Yes. Does it it's glow so in pretty. the dark? No. Oh. Sorry. No. no, no. <laughs> but, but it has pockets. <gasps> That's well, just as good, if not better. That's even better. That's much better. I got it from um, Princess Awesome. Do you know that website? No. Really good. Princess Awesome. Really fun dresses and skirts. I feel like That's you've great. given us a lot to Google later. This is, I know, seriously. <laughs> I feel like I should, I should be writing these things down because I feel like I'm totally. You just listen to it. That's true. <laughs> being recorded. Yep. I can just listen. <laughs> I keep forgetting that, which is why I keep turning my head away from the microphone. Um, but I, I don't know about you guys, but um, I glue, was glued to the um, rebroadcast of the mm-hmm. the actual um, landing this weekend, mm-hmm. and it was just amazing to me that I can't think of an event in my lifetime because I'm not that old. I mean, I'm old, but I'm not that <laughs> old. Um, where like the world stopped and and paid attention mm-hmm. to the exact same thing, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that there were people who were off doing their own thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the the rebroadcast there were segments about mm-hmm. other other big events that were happening where people mm-hmm. were like ah you know that's great for the astronauts but mm-hmm. not really my thing but mm-hmm. but so much of the world was tuned in on right. that one event right. I just I feel like the world's never been so big and so small at the same time right I feel like especially for um something that was really positive and joyous yes. and kind of like uh it brought the country together yes. I feel like a lot of times the things that bring us together and, and stop trage- us. Yeah, our tragedies. So the fact that this was something that was something that we could, you know, be really happy about and overjoyed and, and bring us together in a positive way. Yeah. It's really momentous too. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And it just felt like conquering it because it was there, like get going there because it no one had been there before, like solving the mysteries that, mm-hmm. that Cindy was talking about earlier. I just, um, I'm kind of excited by the fact that we're going back. Um, yeah. Well, not us personally. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe Cindy. Maybe one day. If yeah. You to go, if you were asked to go, would you go? Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I feel like yes. yes in a heartbeat. Heck yeah. I don't even think I would ask, ask for details me. on it. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, absolutely. Sign me up. Yeah, Where do I sign? It's amazing to me that um, in uh, it's it's highly possible in our lifetimes, mm-hmm. at, like the collective room here, um, that, that somebody might go to Mars. Um, yes. Which is just incredible. And they're saying that they, they want a, a, a woman. woman to be the first. Um, right. 
Hopefully not all by herself because I feel like that's right. just like another yeah. Matt Damon situation. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully Although, we learned their lesson. When I watch that movie, I'm like, I could have done like. <laughs> you could, I have full confidence that you could have. I was like, why didn't he support the yeah. walls before the storm? Exactly. Like, just a silly a botanist. <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully she doesn't have to go alone, and she can have another female there, and they have enough spacesuits that fit both of them. Was ridiculous (laughs) because in the article that I was reading that about how they want a woman to be the first one on Mars, they also mentioned like the all-female spacewalk, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was a big bummer. NASA, do better. Did you? Do you guys watch Saturday Night Live? Yes. Okay, did you see the episode where they covered that and A.D. Bryant no. played one of the female astronauts? And I was I watching it and I was laughing so hard that I started crying. And I st- it's funny because I, I was laughing so hard that I started crying, but at the same time, it it felt so true to what it's like to be a woman that you're just kind of like, ooh, this is hilarious, but it also is painful because <laughs> that's probably why it was yes. so funny. <laughs> I mean, I, I can just, like, picture myself in a meeting, like, trying to, like, her, like, try to stay positive and, and brush it off like it's not a big deal, but it really is, and you're just, you know, trying not to yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're you're trying not to be, you know, what what people might expect a woman to be, to be hysterical. But at the same time, it's like they train so hard to get where they are to yeah. then not be Ugh. able to. I know it's just heartbreaking. But Ad Bryant did such a good job. I mean, she she is hilarious. Yes, I love her so much. I do too. And yeah. that's another thing I'll have to Google when we're done. <laughs> here oh, one hundred percent. I guarantee. You. I can't believe I missed that. Yes, it was. It was <laughs> really. It was fantastic. And I feel like it is one of those things where you're going to watch it and you're going to be like, oh, it's so funny. But it also hurts. (laughs) Exactly. It's a little true, too true life. I'm not an astronaut, but I feel like a lot of the things that she was saying and doing are definitely things that I feel like I've (laughs) done before in meetings or, yeah. But it was good. I recommend it. Yeah, I have to work on the, and I just did it just a few minutes ago, the you guys, you guys, no, you ladies. Sorry, David. Uh, Um, But work in progress, right? Yes. Progress, not perfection. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. Did it's, you just... No, no, I don't think... I can't take credit for it. And I, I wish that I could remember where I heard it so that I could attribute it. But we'll look it's it up become, later. Okay, good. It's become, like, <laughs> honestly, one of my, one of my Progress, life Progress, not mottos. perfection. Yeah, yeah really? exactly. I feel like especially as a developer, it's like you are never going to write perfect code. Nothing is ever going to come together perfectly. Like, it's all about just making that small progress and moving forward however you can so oh i love that yeah yeah it's become a huge a huge saying for me (laughs) so it will probably be dropped again at some point so i'm sorry if it gets repetitive no no i I think it's gonna go up on the whiteboard later (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny because we were even talking about how um we we just decided to move forward with this mm-hmm. um, episode today because otherwise we felt like we were never going, mm-hmm. we were always going to find an excuse. We were always right. going to be too busy. Right. Or there are always more details that you need to out. iron out. Yeah, yes. exactly. So I'm glad that we finally bit the bullet on Me that one. too. Yeah. So this is very exciting. You guys are so cute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're I'm sorry. So you excited. ladies are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to – there's certain things because I apologize too much too. Yeah, um, I do too, yeah. And I have massive imposter syndrome, which I didn't even know was yes. a – there was a term for it until yep. very recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am um, – I'm trying to kind of – it gets it's, it gets weirdly easier. I feel like I'm making myself sound like a 90-year-old woman. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with 90-year-old women, but <laughs> but cuz I I um I I feel like as I get older, it gets mm-hmm. a little easier mm-hmm. every year to let go of some of the the uh, feeling that I have about having to do things perfectly the yes. uh, the first um try out now I'm just like nobody really knows what they're doing (laughs) right exactly and that was a huge thing when I first started development um I which I'm sure everybody feels this way but I hated failing at anything um and so starting my journey as a developer was tough because it was almost daunting to start right or to try because I had no idea what I was doing and I had never done it before um, and in development, you fail a lot. Like you're, you're constantly trying something new and it may not pan out and you kind of just have to figure out a way to make it work or refactor it. And so the whole failing thing took a lot of practice and I'm still not great at it. I still get frustrated with myself that I'm not picking things up faster or, Um, getting things functioning on the first try and so that's been like a really a big obstacle for me so it is funny that you would say that about perfection and why I've had to start using progress not perfection because I feel like I would drive myself crazy if I didn't yeah that's totally gonna become my new mantra yeah Um, it's a good one I'm not perfect and I never mm-hmm. have been and mm-hmm. I sort of I feel like I live in the gray like mm-hmm. I I don't like to finish anything because then it, it's done and it's still not perfect mm-hmm. so I've always been like um I'm gonna do this and it's gonna be draft oh and and oh that's able... such a good attitude I like it though. that's yeah. a great attitude so um so that's how that's how I'm able right. to get anything done yeah um but my partner is not like that he's very much like okay we have to we're gonna do this and we're gonna be done with it and I'm like but so it's been sort of challenging for me now living with somebody else Mm -hmm. who um Mm -hmm. is not I mean not that he's more perfectionist than me but he just has a different um mode I guess Mm -hmm. of of being Mm -hmm. and so that's that's challenging. But yeah. I have to tell him, no, I, this is not our final answer, but we'll live yes. with it for a couple months for, and see if yeah, we like now. it. Yeah. Well, I just want to clarify, I'm also not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> close. Get close, though. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> but I, I'm trying to not be held back by by Mm -hmm. that fear yeah like like you were saying katie the the fear of failure the fear of doing it poorly the fear of embarrassing myself i seem to be having the easiest time with the fear of embarrassing (laughs) myself (laughs) we um definitely wanted um to have cindy here today and as i Mm -hmm. i think maybe when you get some more data on those squirrels we'd love to have you back <laughs> yes um, maybe with your your co-researcher sure yes not necessarily all in jen's basement we'll find <laughs> other i think we could fit at ways. least 
Maybe like There's two more room people on in the here. couch. Yes, still. exactly. Yeah, we can sit in each other's lap. We definitely want to hear from people who have interesting jobs, interesting yes. stories. Yeah. Um, part of the whole point of doing this is to kind of shine a light on mm-hmm. all of the um, jobs and opportunities and, and yes. roles that are out there. Yeah, especially um, you know Cindy's story is great, and I feel like it would also be great to hear from people too who have maybe you know like non traditional yes. journeys. Um, who, you know, maybe didn't, didn't know that what they're doing now is what they wanted to do and they just kind of stumbled into it. So I think that's, what's neat is everybody kind of has a unique story and a different learning and career trajectory. So it would be nice to kind of, to hear all of those, those different versions of how you can end up doing something that you love. And solve mysteries. Yeah. (laughs) Solve mysteries. Be a detective. I love I know, it is really neat. I really like the framing of that. Yes. Cindy, you've been like an absolutely amazing first guest. Oh, I'm Yay, and it worked out. Thank you so much. Thanks for asking me. It was fun. All right, so I guess this is Katie and Jen. Yeah, signing off. Thanks for listening to the STEM Squadcast. And thanks, Cindy, for being our first guest. Yes, and come back next time.